So what you always want to make sure that you do is you incorporate challenging yourself to think differently, challenging yourself to solve problems within the context of the routine that you have in your life. It it helps your brain to function, I guess, in a more organized way, but also at the same time helps you to get to the next level. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nation. Jim here at Making Chips. So glad that you tuned in to listen to Jason and I talk again. We're on episode 99. We're super excited about episode 100 coming out soon. And we're going to do things different, Jim. We are on yeah. 100. Yeah, 100 is going to be Let me welcome you first. Oh, J- thanks. Yes. Yeah, that'd be I'm nice. sitting here in our remote, I'll let Jason tell you where we're at, in our remote suburban Chicago studio. And I'm sitting across the table from my good friend, my co-host of over two and a half years, just about two and a half years, Jason Jay-Z Zanger. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Good. And what show is this? This is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. We do. We do. And that's why people keep tuning in, because they feel the love, right? You got it. And and we actually are recording from uh, a Rosemont near O'Hare hotel where i just got done with a conference right for and the that, industrial distribution industry well p- part of the the big problem about why we can't get podcasts out on a regular basis so we're, busy. We're, we're busy we're both running businesses on the outside right but, um uh, so we got to fit it in wherever we can so and, and you're kind enough to come and meet me out here after my conference was over and um so we can record episode 99 yeah it, it's all good it's 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 all good and uh, I, i'm happy that we could meet and uh, bring more relevant information to the metalworking nation so like you said so we can equip and inspire them to do things better tomorrow absolutely so do you have any manufacturing news to share i do uh you had just passed one over to me the other day that i liked and it's um the opinion is how the U.S. could bring back up to half the manufacturing jobs that moved overseas. Um, it's by our good friend Harry Moser from the Reshoring Initiative um, and Santi Montalbano. I don't know who she is, but she's probably a partner of Harry's. And uh, um, I had forgot, actually, that Harry wrote this article, but... When I was perusing through the article, I noticed some key things that were Harry Moser-like, and then I remembered, oh, well, it's Harry Moser's article. So, you know, again, we, Jason, we, we hear about this all the time, about reshoring. We've talked to people. We've been to conferences before. We've been to um, TMA meetings where Harry spoke. And Yeah, he, Harry was on episode 31 of Making Chips. Very good. So if you wanted to go to makingchips.com slash 31, 
you, you can listen to Harry. And there's going to be a lot of tips in that particular episode that are relevant to what Harry's talking about in this particular news article. Yeah, and I think he's been a great voice to you know large corporations to get them to look at the total cost of ownership and bring manufacturing jobs back to the United States. So we give him a lot of credit. Well, what, what I'm seeing through the article is Chinese wages because China was our biggest competitor yeah, in, in manufacturing for for years but it says Chinese wages have been rising about 15% a year since 2000 Can you imagine if your wages went up 15% per year A year I know that's not A year over year that's that's crazy as a result the Chinese labor market cost in dollars per unit of output is now about four times what it was in 2000 says in the article that we estimate that about 25% of what is now offshored could come back if companies quantified the total cost. And that's so true. I really genuinely believe that a lot of these big OEMs don't realize that there's an there's an unrealized cost about doing business overseas. Yeah, and when we talk about total cost, um, you know that that has to do with you know shipping cost, um, the cost of you know communication. There's so many different costs, engineering costs of having to you know go overseas for that delivery. There's so, yeah, there's so so many different things there that you know maybe that that would be a whole um, episode just to yeah. dissect the uh, the TCO of manufacturing overseas as opposed to having near source manufacturing where in each region you're manufacturing for that the right. consumption in that area right as far as car machine and tool is concerned we have not been impacted by offshoring to china in years past and it always seemed like this huge thing that i could never wrap my brain around we've been because- impacted by it have you? Oh, absolutely. Because a lot of our customers have lost jobs that have gone directly, overseas. Directly. No, not direct. No, I of mean, course I, not directly. But I, don't, I mean, indirectly is big because so many of you know our customers' jobs have been lost. So there's less supplies and tooling and shop supplies for us to have somebody to consume those with. products. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm talking about me manufacturing parts. I am not competing directly against China. The, right. I, I just, I just uh, my, my business model isn't like that, right? And, but your parts what, are too heavy; they're too difficult to ship. There's too much. There's a lot communication of communication that goes into them. I mean, just there so many is different things. But I could never understand though, because I know what precision parts are like to me. I know how painstaking it is to make a low volume, ultra precision machine part in my shop, and I think, oh my gosh. I can't even imagine a part like this being made overseas. Uh, yeah, maybe they could do it for 30% of the cost, but it's going to take forever to get it back. And what if, what if when that part hits the U.S. and then it gets to my shop and it goes through inspection and it's completely screwed up? Oh, my God, now what? Right. We've lost all that time. It's got to be made all over again. Those are the unrealized costs of what I think bigger OEMs just have no idea at all. So what does this article say? About well, this article says that because of uh, Chinese wages, that things are really going to start um, going up significantly over the next few years and and and, and what, what we're, we're definitely becoming a viable uh competitive 
we are becoming competitive and viable again in the manufacturing space. Yeah, on a on a cost standpoint. On a cost standpoint. We were always, you know, competitive, you know, with quality and, you know, um, innovation. Or, 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 or beyond. We were, superior. I we should, were yeah. I should say that we were superior there. Um, but, you know, the biggest issue is there's not enough skilled people to fill those jobs. Well, and and that's one of the reasons why some of the job the when I say jobs it could be used in certain ways like a person or the actual job that you're producing but in this case there's not enough people to fill the jobs so those orders might not come back here because there's not enough people to do them. Right. And, so, and, and that's that, the issue. And that and that's what we're going to talk about on episode 100 in a couple of days when we yeah, get together. Yeah, we're going to talk about the issues associated with that's um, huge. workforce development. Everyone's worried about that, and I think it's a legitimate worry. But Absolutely. I just got to... And so be, us as manufacturing leaders, we need to work hard to fill as many of those potential jobs so that they don't stay overseas and they can come back here. Right. I guess that would be the call to action, would be make sure that you're par- paying attention to what can you do to train for those jobs that could potentially come back to your company. I, I, there's one thing on this article that I want to read. Sure. Th- they're using a new word, and you know, I like sometimes I like new words, and you can, we can hashtag it. Trumponomics, they're saying. Now, Trumponomics, a broader focus on total cost of ownership, TCO quantifies all relevant costs, risks, and strategic factors, and advanced manufacturing together have the potential to end the manufacturing stagnation of the past 30 years and create millions of manufacturing jobs in the U.S. Doesn't that sound awesome? That would be amazing. And one of the things that I always talk about is how the manufacturing industry really could elevate this country. I mean, you know, Forget about politics elevating the country. I think that manufacturing could elevate the country as long as, and when I say that, I'm, I'm specifically referring to people that maybe don't have good, high-paying jobs to be able to get those good, high-paying jobs and bring themselves out of poverty. I think that would be amazing to see that happen on a massive scale if the manufacturing leaders can get out there and train those people. Well said. I have nothing more to add to that. So what else is um, is going on at Car Machine and Tool? Well, you know, I, I've been busy. We were uh, tra- I've been traveling quite a bit, and I have to tell you that um, I went to uh, Munich, Germany, with my son Ryan as a guest of DMG Mori. Um, they had an open house in front in Germany, and we were invited to go. And I have to tell you, Jason, it was a, it was a fantastic trip. I had never been to Europe before. Um, and it was my first time. I was glad my son Ryan was with me. It was a great experience having him there. It would have been even better if my wife would have been with nice. me. Oh, I thought you were going to say it would have been better if I was with you. Well, it would have I been, was invited. It, it would have been slightly better, but <laughs> I it would have been really better if my wife was I with understand. me. But. Uh, I highly recommend to any of the metalworking nation, if they've never been to Germany or Europe for that matter, I can't comment on any other country there, but it was, uh, the the whole German culture impressed the heck out of me, and um, it, was, it was a fabulous trip, and uh, I can't wait to go back. What someday. was your favorite German meal? Uh, well, a lot of pork, a lot of dumplings. Like pork loins? Pork loins, yeah, yeah. and uh, dumplings and uh, sauerkraut. Spatzel was another yeah. big thing. I make a lot of beer. A lot of beer. I don't think I drank that much beer since my twenties. 
But uh, I literally, we were getting beers. We'd, be, we'd walk into a restaurant, they'd hand us a beer before we took our coat off. So nice. it was fun. Yeah, was I, good. I'm, I actually make really good sauerkraut. I don't know if I do ever you really? That. Yeah, so I never if, knew that. If there's anybody there from the metalworking nation that wants a, a good sauerkraut recipe, I'm happy to share. That sounds like really making chips, like <laughs> really making something now. <laughs> anyway, thank you for sharing that, sure. Jason. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about on this episode? I mean, the, the Metalworking Nation has been saying, hey, you guys, we we want to hear more from you. And, we, you know, we apologize we haven't gotten one out lately, but uh, here we are. Jason's got this one all teed up and ready to go yeah, and Jim, i can't Jim's wait to talk been, about it jim's been spending too much time putting makeup on for you know for <laughs> making chips, chips tv, TV. <laughs> no <laughs> in order to record an episode well as a matter why of don't fact, you comment on that about, really yeah, quick so yeah. uh, as you all know that um making chips the podcast is evolving into uh making chips tv and by the time you're hearing this, you will have already seen, if you go to our YouTube series, Making Chips TV, you can see the first episode has been released. And I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about, and it's um, just tips on social media for manufacturers. And, you know, it's been something that has been powerful for me and my company, my personal brand, and um, just uh, branding myself and other things uh, relevant to the manufacturing. So I thought I'd just give a little bit more tips and tricks on how I started and what was important in that um, that search. Yeah, so if you, we need to fix up our, our YouTube page. It hasn't been a focus of, of ours, um, but if you go to youtube.com slash making chips, uh, you can see that MCTV uh, episode one. Yeah, and once you see it, let me know if I should shave the beard or not. My wife says yes, I say no. So just leave a comment. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> you totally threw me off. You didn't that. expect that. Yeah, exactly. So, what I want to talk about today, I thought it would be good for episode ninety nine. Is ninety nine? It's something a little bit, I guess, more um, philosophical. So we're gonna get we're gonna get kind of pra- here we go. We're gonna get kind of practical in episode one hundred, and maybe a little bit more philosophical in episode ninety nine. And I think we've we've gotten some. It's kind of funny whenever we ask people like you know what their favorite episode is. It's always very diverse. You know what totally, I mean? It's totally. all over the place. I mean, even going back to my boring episode about Evernote. You know, p- there's a lot of people that love that. You know, so you just never know. I um, that was not my favorite one. I know it wasn't. I know. I, you always and tell me okay. that, but it, but it's it's somebody's favorite. It is. No, so, I agree. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on it. So, so what I want to talk about today is um, the importance of a balance of routine and new, and I'm just going to call it that in both both your life and your business. So, you know, as you know, Jim, being an entrepreneur, being a manufacturing leader is stressful, right? It is. So we have to manage output. We have to satisfy customers. We have to be accountable for profit and loss. Um, we have to look for new customers. We have to do marketing. We have to um, create a vision. I mean, I could literally go on and on and on about all the different things that we're responsible for, right? And yes. That's yes, stressful. Yes, I hear you, man. That is stressful. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm working harder than I ever have in my entire life. Exactly. Right now. And, and, and so- but, but I want more. I want it. I want it. So I'm willing to work, to work hard. harder. To work harder. Harder. So, yes. So what what I would say is, you, the best way to to be able to get more, to want more, is to create more routines in your life, but at the same time to also challenge yourself to think differently. And um, and I want to come at that from two different standpoints. So um. You need to create routine processes in your life. So I've talked to you a lot about how I do my my weekly meetings, 
right? So I have a process that I go through to conduct weekly meetings at Zenger's. And I also have a process that I go through for quarterly meetings for the company. Um, but so so the, they're always the same time. So they're always, let's just say as an example, sales meetings on Thursday at seven o'clock. Our quarterly meetings are always every three months. It's a full day. We have a particular agenda that we go through during the day. It's routine. It's expected. Um, everybody knows once we get into the meeting how we're going to conduct um, that meeting. It's not like we don't just sit down and say, "Oh, hey, what do you want to talk about?" And you know, um, there's an agenda. There's right? an agenda, and, yeah. it's, and that agenda is same is the same every single week. Are the agenda topics the same? No, they can't be. No, so and and that, okay, so and that gets to the point of um of the new. So what you always want to make sure that you do is you incorporate um challenging yourself to think differently, challenging yourself to solve problems within the context of the routine that you have in your life. And what it what this does is it helps your um it, it helps your brain to function, I guess, in a more organized way, but also at the same time helps you to get to the to the next finish level. line. Yeah. It helps you to get to the finish line. It helps you to get to um, get to the next level. So, you want an example? I do. Okay, please. So, I mean, I'm already thinking about that in my day to day. I definitely am a, a person of routine. I know. You, I know you like this. Exactly. Totally routine. Exactly. I mean, I mean, we start our production meetings on Wednesday mornings at eight thirty, and you know what? At the beginning. Some of the people were slacking off getting there, 8.30, 8.40, 8 8.45. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? I've been sitting here waiting for this meeting to start. Guess what? Nowadays, everyone is sitting at that table at 8.30. And do you have a particular agenda that you go through? Or is I have it just- a template okay. with our logo on it. And it says, agenda topics for production meeting on Wednesday, March 15th, 8.30 a.m., Everyone's looking at it, and then I have bullet, 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 and that's what I change every week. Okay, so let me the agenda topics. I mean, we talk production, we talk strategy, we talk quotes, we talk. I I I share with my team as much as I think is relevant information that I need to tell them. You know, I didn't tell them that I worked out this morning, but I everything is relevant to what. Is going on inside Car Machine and Tool. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of a description Go. of how we balance um, the routine with the new, and those are the two words that I'm going to keep using because uh, it's the best way to describe you know what what I'm trying to accomplish in my life, and I'm going to explain a little bit why. Um, so during our weekly meetings, we start off with a. Um, a positive introduction to the meeting from each person. So the reason that we start off with that positive um, introduction to the meeting is because we want to start the meeting off on a high point. So we don't want people to come into the meeting and have it be a complaint session. You know what I mean? We want everything to be positive. So everybody comes in and they share with the group um, a, a best thing for them either in business or in their personal life. Oh, it can be personal. It can be personal because we want everybody to get to know each other as well. So, you know, it it could be something personal, it could be something business, or it could be both. I love that. I'm adding it to my agenda items next week. I'm, starts everybody off on a high note. Yeah, I love you know? it. And and you it also gives you the opportunity. Craig Soberis does the same thing okay, too. Okay. So it also gives everybody the opportunity to get to know each other a little bit little bit more. And and I think it works really, really well. So it could be something like um so 
during my meetings last week, I shared with them, you know, hey, my my wife and I were we had a marriage retreat last weekend. We had the opportunity to get away for two days, and you know, it's kind of like an annual planning meeting for our for our marriage, and it was great to get away. And you know, I shared that with everybody, and that way, I'm sharing something positive. And then if there's somebody, you know, on my team that's like, hey, what's what's a marriage conference? Why do you do that? I mean, like. How do I get involved? You know, then I can share this part of my life that I feel like is very important and share that with the group and somebody else can, you know, do that same thing. So we start off with something positive um, and we go around the room, each person. So somebody elects to start. And then as soon as that person starts and shares, we go to our left and the next person shares and nobody gets to skip out. Everybody has to share something. And how do you control the length of conversation? So it's five minutes. Total. Oh, okay. There you so go. everybody knows, you know, so max if, there's, five. if there's five people in the meeting, everybody's got max, max of a minute. And there's some people that talk longer and, you know, some people that talk shorter, but it's, it's five minutes. Five minutes, to- five minutes total. No, yeah, cumulative. So they yeah. only have one minute to rah rah. Oh, yeah, it's it's very short. Okay. Yeah, you. Really, well, you don't like, need yeah, to, yeah, but I'm saying some people quickly. would. I mean, I literally say my wife and I had went to a marriage retreat last weekend, and we had a great time, and we worked on our marriage, and it was it was a great, it was a you know blessing for our marriage, and 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 we just we learned about each other and blah 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 whatever else, and I'm done. You know, that's it. And if somebody wants to follow up with me afterwards, they can do that. Um. And then we move on to our KPIs, so our key performance indicators. So this is basically the numbers that guide what's important in the company. You can call it KPIs. You can call it scorecards. Each person owns one of these scorecards, and um, we review whether they're hitting their marks or not. And if they're not hitting their marks, um, it gets... Is this um, the accountability part? Uh, well, yeah, everybody's count- accountable for their KPIs, and if they're not if they're not hitting their KPIs, then um, it could become an issue that needs to be addressed. So, if you're not hitting isn't your this sales, an HR thing? No. Okay. What do you, What do you mean an HR um, thing? Because you're kind of this is just a leadership and management thing. Okay, but you're scoring them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that has to be. You know, in a group of people. Right. Of course. Shouldn't this be something? Proprietary. Oh, okay. It needs to be out in the open. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. I'm just. I'm you know, asking I mean, the questions, this my is friend. A, and, and everybody has to be open and honest with each other. And if if Joe's not hitting his numbers, it's affecting know, everybody it's else. Affecting everybody else. Yeah. And we need to say how do we what what's going on with Joe that he's not hitting his numbers? It is is are the numbers not realistic? Um, is Joe not putting in the time? Is Joe not the right person for Do the you, position? Does Jason Zanger have a scorecard? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, everybody does. Okay. Everybody does. Um, and we have a discussion around it if that person is not hitting their hitting their numbers. It's very important. And everybody needs to be accountable for their own KPIs. It could be one or maybe it's like one or two or three um, different um, different KPIs. I don't think it should ever be more than, you know, three. And then the next thing is we review our rocks. So um, anybody that's you know read, I think it's the uh, Rockefeller Habits knows that, and I've talked about it on Making Chips before, that you have your um, kind of like your three-month, your, your quarterly objectives that you're trying to hit. And it's a qualitative, not necessarily quantitative, something that you're trying to accomplish. So for just to give you an example, so maybe your, your rock, Jim, is to 
evaluate and make a decision on a five axis machine. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's just to choose which machine that you're going to buy. It doesn't mean you have to buy it, but it means that you're going through the evaluation process of of deciding what machine that you're you're going to get eventually. And the team is going to hold you accountable for saying, yeah, Jim's got to make a decision on this by the end of the quarter. Uh, the next thing that we do is review everybody's tasks. Maybe one of your tasks could be to make sure that the internet connection is is in place in order to get the vending machine installed at Car Machine and Tool. Got it. That, that's it. Shouldn't take you more than a week to do that. So um, you know, it's just a short little task that needs to get done. Um, and then we have a forum where we put issues on the board. And this is where we get to the new. You know, we've got the routine, and now we've got the new. So now we talk about we talk about and we solve issues. So this is the place where everybody gets to kind of push each other to the next level, and we push each other to the next level by challenging um, the KPIs that we have. We challenge each other on issues that we have, and then we come to the table and we solve them. And it's a great combination of having those routines and having those new things in order to get your company to the next level. And when we do our um, when we do our annual meeting, I'm sorry, our quarterly meeting, um, we do it in a very similar way, except it's just a longer format. It's a whole day long, and we we kind of present at your quarterly meetings. Uh, just your leadership team. Okay. Yeah, and we what we do during those quarterly meetings is that we break apart the whole business model, and and we say, are we doing? Are we question everything that we're doing? Do we have the right structure? Do do we have the right, you know, sales process? Do we have, and we have conversations about our our business plan in the context of um, this systemized structure, much like our weekly meetings. And the reason we do that is because you don't want to come into a you don't you don't want to do things in either side of the pendulum. So you don't want to have such a systematic way of doing everything so that you never question the business model. You never question the issues that you have and you just check the numbers and then you move on. And you also don't want to have total chaos either. So you you don't want to either never have meetings or um, your meetings are complete chaos where people are coming in late, like you said, and you know there's no structure to it. There's no you know real clear agenda on a week by week basis. You want everybody to kind of expect what they're coming into every single time that you do it, and that's where we talk about totally the balance agree. of routine and new. It's all about balance. It's all about balance. Right. Yep. It's yep. all about balance. Yep. I agree. Um, and, and balance of work life too. Yes. That could be another podcast. I agree. Well, and we, we could talk about this a little bit. I've got some I've got some stories about that too. And I actually think this whole this whole like, you know, idea of balancing routine and new is also good for kind of your mastermind. So you want to come into a um a group of people that you have in your life where um it's always the routine, the same people that you can depend on, but at the same time, they're also challenging you to be a better leader. Um, and I think that that's that's very important. I've got a you know a story about that. So I had a little bit of a a, um, a challenging a challenging day that I had. Okay, and it was one of those days where <laughs> it was just there was a lot of um, difficult discussions that I had to have. Um, was there, this recently? Yeah, this was recently. Okay. Um, there's there was some difficult discussions I had to have. There was some um, di- um, difficult situations that arrived that actually resulted in you know um, somebody's termination, and I really needed um, a place where I could go back to with people that were routine for me, people that I could depend on, people that I could trust, people that were also business leaders to kind of dissect what this, happened. This what happened to me because. 
Well, that termination was founded. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I, that's not even like th- that's not even the point. The point is, is that this was a um, <laughs> this was a peri- this was a day where I was challenged to like the nth degree because all this stuff happened in one day, and I needed to have like kind of this routine set of people that I could go back to and say, okay, guys, this happened to me yesterday. I need to you know vent to you, and I need you to kind of dissect for me what happened and tell me what I did right and what I did wrong, or say, hey, you did everything correctly, and there's nothing that you could do about this. And so that's that balance of these new things and these challenging things that happened in my career and having a routine set of people that I can rely on to help help me bring clarity to that situation. Makes sense. I got it. And it was your leadership team that you went back to that you tr- you you trust that could give you an I mean you could have come to me but however I couldn't have given you uh, an honest authentic answer because I'm not that familiar with the goings-on in Zanger's industrial supply whereas the people your leadership team who you have that routine with they know everybody they know what's going on they're going to give you honest authentic feedback well actually i was referring to the leadership team but i was also referring to the group that were both a part of the deuces i okay. was able to come back to that group and share oh, with them and say, what hey. happened and and say you know here's what happened and these guys do know my business probably better than you know a lot of other you know people would right. and they were able to listen and and i was able to vent to them and they were able to ask me questions and challenge me and you know, and hopefully, you know, when these kind of situations arrive in the future, I'm, I'm, I'm better prepared because I'm all, as you know, being an entrepreneur, being a leader, you're always going to be challenged with these new situations. So you want to have those routines that you go back to in order to bring clarity and do it better in the future. I got it. So does that make sense? It does. Total sense. Yeah. And, and, and it's the same way you mentioned before in life. You need to have these things in life too, because as you know, life doesn't go the way that you want it to all no the time. <laughs> it doesn't go the way it we we always get hit with a couple of roadblocks yes, along do. the way don't yeah, we? we do we get hit with roadblocks and it's good to have those routine people in your life that you can depend on to um kind of bring you back onto the the right path once you've you know kind of all over the place because of what what life throws at you and i've got that i've got you that i could call and of i've course. got and i've got like a, i've got a group of guys that i meet with every other saturday morning and you know we talk about life and we break things down and we challenge each other and we make sure that we're all, you know, going along that that right path. So um, just having that those two things, that routine and new in your life, I think is just vitally important. Hmm. Kind of brings clarity and, you know, um, peace of mind to, to everything that you do and taking, you know, your life and your business to the next level. Yeah. Do you have a couple minutes to talk about uh, work-life balance and what it means for you and what it means for me? Sure. Because I think it, I think it's, distinctly different based on a person's personality and absolutely the roles and responsibilities those people have in life at this time for instance you are have a a, a new young family got three kids right and a wife mine yeah. are all mine two two of mine are out and emancipated from the 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 family i just have one adult daughter left at home so mm-hmm. my responsibility to my immediate family is significantly different than yours. Mm-hmm. I still have that responsibility that I have to engage with my children. I have to mentor them, make sure they're on the right track. Um, and I also have a, a role and responsibility to my wife to be the leader of the household and to make sure that 
all of those things that are happening in our life are still focusing and we're still on the freeway going 55, a nice steady 55 miles an hour. Yep, Occasionally I, I, we I might agree. slow down or speed up a little bit, but we got to keep going. I agree. And, and you know, that kind of, yeah, I do have those different responsibilities. And I, I, you know, I like to say, you know, you have to put guardrails around your, around your priorities. And so as an example, you know, I've got my time with the family. So I've got those guardrails around my time that I don't, I mean, as you know, Jim, I don't veer away from those those scheduled times unless it's an emergency no he doesn't metal working nation i can tell you for sure <laughs> and i know it and i respect that yeah, and you do respect it and you're 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 you definitely um you know you, you you definitely respect that and you know i think it's all you know sometimes maybe frustrating because i'm not as accessible as maybe you may be because you have older children but like we were just trying to plan a a meeting with somebody and i'm like no i cannot meet on tuesday and wednesday afternoons that's it that end of Done. discussion. Just, just, <laughs> you know what bl- I mean? just black it out on your it, calendar. It's blacked out on my calendar. Yeah. I don't do it, and um, there's reasons I do that be- for my for my. I mean, family. there are some exceptions sometimes. It's got to be a major exception. It's got to be you know an emergency. It's got to be something like that. Another you know rule that I have to bring some clarity is that I only have one evening out a week. That's it. So like if you and I are going to record in the evening, if I'm going to you know have some other kind of conference or some entertaining a client. One, once a week. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's all you no get. No more. You know what I mean? And it could be less. could be zero times. Um, doesn't mean I have but to, it, but it's the no max more. The max is one The max week. is one. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And because my wife expects me to be home every night and I want to be home every night. Right. You know right. what I mean? So yeah, you have to have those those guardrails, that routine in your life um, in order to keep yourself sane when you're, when you're an entrepreneur. Well, I think the role and responsibility of different people are different like how could you tell a an outside salesman that's out on the road five days a week that he can't do it i mean i mean you cho- you chose your lifestyle and your your responsibilities whereas that outside salesman that's traveling to china that's going to florida that's going to california that's going to germany that's going anywhere that are on the road like literally all week long and they're out entertaining clients five days a week. That's different. Yeah. Everybody's role is different. Everybody's situation is different. I just think that everybody needs to, you know, create those rules and that clarity. Like for me, you know, it it becomes difficult because, and as you know, and as you know, the metalworking nation, anybody that's a manufacturing leader knows when, when you own your business, I mean, that consumes you 24 seven. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you're dreaming about it. You're thinking about it when you're trying to fall asleep. You know, I know you and I both, I can like you know text you at four thirty in the morning. We're both up and working. <laughs> so, I am. You Typically. know, it's just it, it's just the way that it, the way that it is, and our wives know it. They Except know. Except that- when my younger friends keep me out till three thirty in the morning, then I'm not up at four thirty in the morning. I, but- I was not there. I was not one of those people. <laughs> that was out till three thirty in the morning. That's just not possible for me. I almost died. <laughs> So, um, anyway, yeah. So I think it does. It does depend on the person, but you know, some way or another, you do need to create that those guardrails in your life in order to take yourself to the next level. You know, I I hate to say it, but you have to say no, and you have to have structure in order to to elevate yourself. Yeah, that sometimes that's tough. Sometimes that's tough. Anyway, how do you want to wrap this one up? That's it. Episode That's 99. Let's wrap it up. Let's one for the books. Yeah. So like I said, I think this is, you know, a little bit more of a, you know, philosophical discussion. But, you know, episode 100 is going to be very practical, 
very tactical, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's going to be different. We're going to have a roundtable discussion. Yes, we are. And it's probably going to be a long episode. Good. It's probably going to be our it's longest our bonus. episode ever. It's our bonus to the Metalworking Nation. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a great celebration, so I'm looking yeah. forward to it. So do you want to give the disclaimer this week? That what I call the disclaimer? Sure, I'll, I'll give it a try. I mean, you usually do it, but I'll, I'll give it a try. I just, so, we're mixing things up a little bit, yeah, that's right? Fine. It's routine, new, right? Yep. So... Um, as Jim says in the closing, a lot of times, you know, this is not about Jim and I. We're learning and we're going along this journey just like everybody else is. And we're trying to bring the best practices of um, what we see, what we read, and what we hear from from other people. And we're just trying to bring it to the metalworking nation. We're trying to see the manufacturing community elevate themselves so we can bring some of those millions of jobs back to the United States and um, elevate people out of wh- whatever their current situation is and help them achieve whatever vision that they want to achieve. Um, and, and the only thing that I would say is, as far as this episode goes, look at your routines. If you don't have routines in your life, if you don't have some kind of guardrails, create them because you're never going to challenge yourself and you're never going to bring yourself to the next level unless you have that structure and that routine. Um, it seems a little counterintuitive, but you need to have the, the, the structure in order to change things up and, and, and elevate yourself to the next level. Very well said. Anyway, I uh, just want to reach out to the Metalworking Nation and say, yes, we are coming to the end of 99. We're going to be at 100. Please let us know how we're doing. We want to keep bringing this platform of good news out to you. Let us know. Uh, email us. Call us, 312-725-0245. We do call people back. People are surprised when they hear uh, me call back or Jason call back. Hey, this is Jim at Making Ships. We got your call, and we're here to help. Uh, please feel free to do that. It's uh, it's really not all that scary talking to us live and in person. Why would it be scary? I don't know. Sometimes people get a little scared. Well, you, you're, you're a little scary sometimes, Jason. Yeah, sometimes. But with that... Episode 99 in the books. Bam. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. You, you, me, ha- you have been impacted by your, your old age and your I brain know, not functioning know, as well, God. right? <laughs> Did too many things when I was a young man. Um, I have a bad memory, too, and I have no excuses for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> I guess, but, you know, yeah, I'm only 40. Ryan, you're going to have to edit this. Let me try to think of something. Um, Should I go to the bathroom? No, 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 no. I'm ready. Um, what? That was a good blooper. Yeah. <laughs>